Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. If you're looking for information, OESA.org. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, producer, moderator, host, and the lucky person who has been privileged to speak with so many smart people in the automotive space, especially suppliers, analysts, strategists, over the year 2020. And here we are in the beginning of 2021, and we have a newcomer to the show. I'm going to introduce him. His name is Scott Runner. Spell it exactly the way it sounds. No tricks. He's currently the Global VP of Connected Mobility Services. That's a big title, Scott. And Intelligent Embedded Systems for Capgemini. Scott, we'd love to know where you come from, a little bit about your background. I know your original company was acquired by Cap. So why don't you please give us background? Welcome, Scott. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. And I look forward to talking with you and the, and the audience today about this important set of topics. Um, so I'm based in San Diego, California. I uh, came to Capgemini via an acquisition uh, of Altran, a company that's focused on engineering R&D services for the automotive industry. And it complements well with Capgemini's focus on cloud services. And together, it's what we call the formation of intelligent industry from intelligent products to intelligent services, to intelligent operation. Uh, Prior to that, I was VP of engineering at Qualcomm and I helped form their automotive team uh, and look at how you bring chips more intelligently into these intelligent vehicles. So been in the industry a long time. (laughs) Scott, I always ask this of newcomers to the show. When did you get interested in automotive? Not as a profession, but did you have a cool car when you were 14 or did your dad or your older brother take care of cars in the driveway or did you go to car shows? What's your background with automotive? Anything personal you'd like to share briefly? Yeah, so when I I first started driving, um, a friend of mine had an MG Midget, uh, and (laughs) he he got an had an old version of this, and and the thing just wouldn't run well at all. So me being an engineer or having an engineering interest, thought I'd like to kind of tinker around with that. So got some experience replacing head gaskets and just fixing and tuning up this engine. And after all that hard work, we're driving down in this car one day, just enjoying ourselves in in a Georgia summer and the head gasket blew again. So that's when I realized maybe I wasn't a mechanical guy in the automotive area, but I did like cars and wanted to work in that field. Very, very interesting. Thank you. It's always intriguing to hear how people got first got hooked. Okay, thank you very much, Scott. Scott, sure. we have a couple of topics we want to cover. And before we start, I have a question for you. I noticed in the notes you sent me, you used the word intelligent, which I've already mentioned, and you used the word smart. I don't think I've ever asked this of anybody. Is there a difference between when we say an intelligent vehicle and a smart vehicle or a smart car or a smart intelligent vehicle. Is there a differentiation we should know about before we get started? Well, as you might remember, the smart car kind of gave a a certain connotation to that, which was a a very tiny little electric vehicle many years ago that looked like a a kind of a golf cart, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that term got co-opted early. So maybe intelligent vehicle is the one that commands a a little bit more respect these days (laughs) than the smart car. (laughs) 
but also intelligent kind of connotes with uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. How do we put certain in intelligent elements, um, you know, machine learning for machine vision, mm -hmm. um, speech, uh, user interfaces, uh, data and how we leverage data out of the car. I think those are all elements of the intelligent vehicle. But you're right. I, I sometimes use them interchangeably, too. Just, just curious. That's all. Thank you, Scott. Let's get to your first topic. You say intelligent vehicles are those that provide smart user experiences, not complex technologies. I think there's something very important there. Why don't you unpack that for me, please, Scott? Sure. I think we look at vehicles today and uh, you have electric vehicles certainly coming out. You have increasing levels of autonomy, you know, level two, level three, level four. They're becoming more and more autonomous. You have connected vehicles with 5G and V to X uh, technologies being incorporated into them. And, and in general, those, those technologies make the vehicle more complex, but do they improve the, the consumer experience? And so I think that's, that's, we see a number of clients coming to us, asking us to, to help them make the experience, you know, more realizable, more entertaining, more enjoyable. For example, today, uh, you might have a technology that gives you some information about the countdown of, uh, to, of when a light's going to return, return red or uh, when, you know, the vehicle's departing from its lane or, or whatever. And the driver's getting inundated with all of these messages and can't mm -hmm. comprehend them. So how do you really translate that to an improved user experience? And perhaps one of the things that we could do, and now that we're just barely into to 2021 now, and, and we can think about the future, maybe rather than just using artificial intelligence and machine learning to make technologies more complex, we can actually use it as a layer between all of this complex technology and the consumer to simplify their experience rather than making it more complex. Interesting. Simplicity. You know very well, Scott, as I do from our tech backgrounds, simplicity is, is the challenge, right? Anybody can make things complicated. Simplifying takes a lot more work. So let's go to your topic number two. You say if, and you brought this up a little bit, if we approach vehicles, I assuming you mean vehicle design, from the POV, the point of view of the user experience, what kinds of vehicles would the automotive industry develop? And what lies at the intersection of mobility spaces and user experiences. You have to unpack that for me also. Scott, we need a vocabulary lesson here. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think if we start to approach things, uh, certainly there's a way to approach it from the perspective of what new businesses can we open up and what revenue generation opportunities do there exist for, for OEMs, et cetera. And that's very exciting. But what if we look just from the consumer's point of view of combining mobility with what consumers like? Well, well people connect with experiences. Um, they remember experiences. And so, you know, and, and what, become, what belies a lot of that, it's really about spaces and places. So if we think about mobile spaces and places, then what do we start to envision? Well, maybe we start to then imagine mobile living rooms or mobile offices or other types of mobile spaces where now mobility comes together with where people might gather. Um, and hopefully, you know, with, uh, with uh, COVID uh, uh, becoming in the rearview mirror, if you will, we start to think about, and maybe people will embrace even more so, connected mobility, traveling together, enjoying getting out more. Maybe they've learned to now work remotely, and now mobile mm. offices uh, become an interesting idea. So again, just kind of a new way of thinking about that. For, for example, robo-valet. 
Um, you know, say you're, you're, you have an autonomous vehicle and your vehicle drops you and your party off at a restaurant for dinner. And then while you're dining, the vehicle goes and picks up your groceries and it returns in time to pick you up and take you home. It just kind of creates a new experience for you. Um, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm referring to in terms of thinking about it from a consumer point of view. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Consumer point of view used to be, is there a heater in the seat? Can I defrost the side? Am I right, Scott? Is there a convenience and comfort? Is there a side view mirror control that's easy without having to touch 12 dials before I move the mirror in because somebody else used the car yesterday and I'm not as tall as they are? Hello. Welcome to my world. Um, can how many, uh, how many CDs can we put into the CD player? Remember? Yeah, oh, I feature. found out my car only allows one CD. The last car had three. It had a little turntable inside. It was so cool. I don't listen to those anymore. Here we go. Thank you. And one more question. And this one is interesting. Now, here we are, 2021. We're looking ahead a little bit back to the year that was the year 2020. And you're saying to me, Scott, this is provocative. You say there is no perfect crystal ball. The smartphone on wheels. Is this good? Is this not so good? Is this great? Scott, what do you think? Well, I think it's interesting. I, I think a lot of people are looking at um, what investments do I need to make in connected mobility services and will those investments pay off? Um, and, and that's very difficult to predict. Um, for example, uh, you know, this is widely publicized that Daimler trucks uh, pursued a strategy of platooning, thinking that that would get them, you know, 10 to 12% fuel economy savings. And spent a lot of money on that and has now kind of retreated a little bit from that position, realizing that maybe that particular use case isn't justifiable yet, um, you know, and maybe they'll, they'll, they'll put that on the back burner. So no automaker really can, can be a perfect predictor of what the future is going to look like. So instead, if you can be fast and agile rather than perfect in guessing what the future is going to be like, you can still beat the competition. So when we think about well, what does an agile vehicle development look like? Well, it really looks kind of like a smartphone on wheels, a software-defined vehicle um, on wheels. And, and I'm kind of taken back to my career at Qualcomm, where uh, you know in my early days I was I had the pleasure of being on the team that developed the chipset for the first uh, smartphone. And at the time that we developed that, we had no idea. Uh, about uh, applications like Uber or Lyft, you know, other mm -hmm. ride sharing services. We had an idea about video and sharing pictures with your friends and things like that, but no idea about uh, what ultimately would happen. Uh, the key was to have a platform that was programmable, that you could develop new applications for um, that were then appealing to, to the consumer. And then it just took off from there. So, so I think, you know, the Automobile offers to be that same kind of platform, be it a smartphone on wheels or a data center on wheels, whatever your preferred metaphor is. But really, if the development cycle time can be compressed to develop solutions from car to cloud, from vehicle to cloud, um, then it allows an OEM and other ecosystem players to not have to be so perfect in guessing what the perfect killer application is, but rather to, to be able to innovate very, very quickly. Thank you, Scott. I want to get a little bit personal with you because we're just about, just a couple minutes left. Scott, do you own a car? Do you hold the keys to a vehicle, a personal vehicle? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, let's predict. By the end of 2025, 
will you still have your vehicle? I don't know if it's a car, a truck, a van, something with wings. I don't know what it is. Will you still have keys to a personally owned vehicle in your pocket or on the table by the door? Or are you going to move into the rideshare economy or something like that? What do you, what do you predict for you, Scott Runner? So I think I will still have my own personal vehicle. As one of my sons says, it will be, uh, you'll have to pry my keys out of my cold, <laughs> dead hands before you ever take my truck away from me. Um, but, um, but in my case, though, I would be interested. I certainly use ride sharing when I travel and also these kind of specialized vehicles. Maybe if I want to take a, you know, go camping or if I want to take a group together in a party and, and kind of go to, to, um, uh, on an event, a golf, uh, uh, event together or something like that, then I might ride share a vehicle for a different purpose, um, for sure. Thank you very much. I'm going to be the same with my keys, and you're not going to even be able to pry them from my my hands one day. I'm a sports car person, and I just uh, found out that I'm a Z owner, a, a 370 right now, and I just found out that they're not making the convertible anymore. They stopped mm-hmm. in 2019, and in order to buy a 2019 370Z convertible, it's astronomically expensive even to buy it used. So it's it's like 50% more than even new as far as I know. It's it's huge. But who knows? I might, might spring for it. Scott Runner, wish you a happy, wish you a healthy, wish you a safe 2021. Hope you'll come back later in the year. It's been wonderful starting the year with you here on OESA Automotive Insiders. Let's say appreciation. Scott, let's wave together to Adam Slayman. April Buford and Julie Freem at OESA for having this series, for working with me. We started in 2020, looking forward to another wonderful year, bringing automotive insiders, true insiders, smart, savvy, intelligent, and smart insiders like you, Scott Runner. And a shout out to your colleague at Capgemini, Dan Capgemini, Dan Chamberlain. Thank you, Dan, for introducing us to Scott. Really appreciate everybody. Be well. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. OESA.org for more information. If you're not a member yet, now's the year. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. 